I mean, that's the same as going, oh my god, when I say you Jewed me out of my money, I didn't mean you Jewish religion me out of my money. I mean you cheated me and connived me. I'm not meaning to insult Jews, okay. Check it out, bro! I still had this fire blast! You were dead, even if that shock didn't last! And I could've made a copy with this ring cast! And if you countered it, I had an elemental blast! Okay, I get it, can we move on, please? You got a case of that still had all these. Welcome again to another episode of Redcast Wins, your podcast about mainly just people being on tilt. Um, with me, as always, is Sean. Hey, everyone. And uh, my my co-pilot, as always, Lewis. Caw-caw! <laughs> uh, so, this was a very interesting weekend for Magic. There was the Commander launch. There was uh, some banning of some, like, bad cards, so I don't even know why Wizards did it. So uh, we'll get to all of that. Uh, you might hear a little bit of spoiler talk. I'd find it highly doubtful. Um, starting off, though, uh, Lewis, how did you do in F&M this weekend? Well, this Friday. Um, well, seeing as it's probably going to be one of the, the few times that Callblade is going to be around anymore, I actually was able to win... And still hasn't been reported. I really don't like the store that runs up and I'm in this town so far. Can't wait till, till July when my store starts running it. Um, any interesting, any bad players again? Any interesting um, matchups? In, I can't remember. I, I, okay, wait. Actually, I do remember round one. I had to face one of the like the new kids, and by kids, I mean like the middle schoolers. That like they just got into magic and they want to play green and white decks because there's like a golem theme and stuff and it's like, well I don't want to cr- like dream crush this kid but I kind of had to and I was playing twin blade so it's just like I'm trying not like I okay I don't want to beat her with equipment and I don't want to beat her with spinster twin infinite combo uh. I guess I'll I'll attack with deceiver exarch over and over again I don't know. Um, my, I feel like that might be even worse, but <laughs> like, I, like I just didn't. You're just know. trying not to grow up to be like Sean. Yeah, I wasn't trying to go like turn three. I kill you, and, and then just why uh, weren't you doing that? Because I'm like I don't want people to leave a tournament crying, unless they're mean. Mean people deserve to cry. Toughens them up. Yeah. So, uh, this F&M, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm super interested with my deck as it can, decides to play a different way. Um, usually my deck plays very mid-range. This Friday, though, it went super aggro speed. Like, turn one, Bird of Paradise, turn two, Mirror and Crusader, turn three, Hero, Blade Hold, win. Like, every game, I was able to ra- outrace Black Green Poison and Mono Black Poison, which... I don't know if you guys know this. It's a very difficult race. If you're playing green and white and not running dismembers. I'm sorry I don't have dismembers in my main board. Well, I don't, I don't, that, like, I'm sorry you're a bad player and still running bad decks. Hey, uh, I, came in sec- I came in third this week for F&M, so leave me alone. I came in first. Urgh. Oh, who's playing Callblade? Who's net decking? Well, it's not my fault that I'm smart enough to play cards that are ban worthy. <laughs> I'm playing a banned card too, thank you very much. 
oh, I'm playing two banned cards. You know what this kind of, like, comes out to is, like, people who played Memory Jar and who didn't. And it's like, well, I could play the broken card that would make sure I win, or I could play this other stuff. I'll play the other stuff. Oh, they're just so lucky that they won. No, they're See, not. in Commander, none of these fights happen because none of these cards are banned. <laughs> <laughs> I played Memory Jar last weekend. It's a fun card. You should play with it more. <laughs> it is. Like, uh, when it, it is a fun card. Uh, so, um, also, I got to play some sick ED8s on Friday in between rounds. Uh... Somebody pretty much akin to my Rafik deck to being just a, a zoo deck. Well, not a zoo, more of a Jurassic Park deck. Where it's just a bunch of really good, really big creatures loosely held together by blue and white protection spells. And uh, apparently a, Mar- a Marari's Wake left alone can be very dangerous. Especially <laughs> <laughs> when I don't know, you have an army of Marisital Sergeants on the board. And by army, I mean 49. Day of Judgment. Gosh. Dauntless Escort. Massacre Worm. <laughs> Not big enough for, for uh... For I blink it. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've Please. definitely killed somebody who's played Storm Horde with Massacre Worm. <laughs> I, I was just very happy with my 49 Marisizzle Sergeants, Okay. Who are all five fives of trample. That's very nice, very nice. Golf clap. Uh, you know, not as crazy as the things you do in EDH, Sean, but, uh, you know, we can't all be good. We can't all be good wow. at EDH like you. I rarely do crazy things in EDH. The game doesn't winning. go on for that long. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Lewis, you know, you were saying, like, turn three, you lose. It's more like for Sean, it's like, uh, you guys can just scoop for sitting at the table with me. It's like, oh, look, this is my commander. Oh, I guess we lose. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, it's that really shitty blue and red general from uh, Ravnica that, like, gives flying and shot... Or, like, what does it do? F- give flying and something? Well, okay, I'll draw my hand. Look, but it's seven lines. Exactly. You lose. <laughs> <laughs> I have a general. That's all I need. <laughs> <laughs> I'm casting that general, like, done. Um, Have you played with uh, Arkham? That works. <laughs> uh, Tibor and Lumia party? doesn't do anything. So, Lewis, did you play the launch party? Uh, no, I know, I couldn't. Our store only got one box of shipment, and people showed up at noon when he opened and bought the stock out. That makes sense. We had pre-orders. Uh, he ended up, uh, our store ended up ordering something like 20 sets for the launch party. Yeah. And I think he sold out of all of them already. Yeah. Yeah, like, no, we had, we had Counterpunch for like until Sunday, and that got bought because somebody was like came in thinking like, oh, there'll be enough for me to buy at the launch party. And found out that there was one deck in it. He was like, I don't even want to buy Counterpunch, but I guess I'll just buy it because I want to play the launch party. I was This little kid was like, that's the one I wanted to. And then, like, looked down at the ground. The other thing was that we hadn't become a core-level store. 
in time, so we couldn't actually register for the event. Aww. In fact, we can't, like, as it stands, for M12, we can only do the launch party. We can't do the pre-release. We don't get a pre-release until Innistrad, which kind of sucks. Well, at least you'll get it eventually. Yeah, we, we just finished getting upgraded to core status, so that's awesome. So, uh... Question, uh, Sean. How did your store's format do their uh, launch party? Like, what format? How did they set it up? They didn't have to. Basically, all they did was uh, sold the decks, gave out the promos, and people just ran it themselves. Um, there wasn't enough promos to go around, so the only people who ended up getting them were the first couple people in the store and people with pre-orders. Uh, That's fair. Just, I'm not sure how they figured that the store would be giving out 100 decks, and so they needed 12 promos. But that's fair. Uh, I, I ended up getting two because I pre-ordered a uh, a few cases of the set. Um, <laughs> How many so, do you have? Uh, I I still have a sealed box with one of each in it, and then I have one of each to play with. So, so I might so be I, buying under the table a uh, a Mirror Mastery from you. Maybe. I, lo- I I hoard my decks pretty well though, so um, the they'll be available for sale at like Targets and WalMarts pretty soon, so I wouldn't worry yeah. about it. But, but it was uh, super super fun day uh, for our store. There were basically three groups of people there. Uh, there were the group of people who got their decks, sleeved it up, and started playing with it. There was the group that came in with pre-written lists of what they wanted to do with the new generals. And they had 99 of the cards sleeve and just threw the general on top of it. And then there were people who showed up, bought decks, but were still playing with the, their other EDH decks. And, uh, cause they didn't look at the spoilers and they didn't want to just be playing a deck blind. So, um, something like, because everyone was concerned about like how weak the decks were and stuff, where they, they were, were they more powerful than people would think? Oh my god, they they're, they're pretty strong. Like, like of course, the mana base sucks. Like, I'm pretty sure when you're running... Like, their mana base isn't, isn't as terrible as you might believe. It's definitely not yeah. as good as you would make on your own, but I didn't feel like I was suffering because of the mana base when playing. Yeah, as uh, long as you're not dumb about, like, the hands you keep... Like you're like I played uh my story you had to play with an unaltered deck for our launch party and I played political puppets and I won in my pods a few times. Like I did pretty well in my pod. Wow, um, you won with political puppets. Yeah, I did. Uh it's called it's called Insurrection. Take take uh the take the zoo players uh entire board of like I don't know. I think the collective power on his board was uh was forty. Oh, and someone else's board of and I was someone who didn't get a dragon, so I got the other people's dragons. Swing, mm-hmm. kill someone. Next turn. Bring insurrection back to my hand. Play insurrection again. Swing. Kill the other person. Then it was just me but- and the guy who had no board. Left on the table, but if you if you kill the guy with his own board, like what are you going to use insurrection for? What do you like, mean? Like if you if you kill off the guy, that you could get all his creatures. I left the guy with the most creatures 
Oh. With with the board. So I killed off the second the second biggest threat. When the first biggest threat tried to kill me, I played Pollen Lullaby and won the clash. Person with very little going on had his turn, then it was my turn. I brought back Insurrection, played it. Because we were dumb. Uh, so this might have been why it went bad. Uh, we played the join, someone played the join forces card. When everyone had five mana, so we could all check that off of our achievement card. And you screwed up and only put five each? No, 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 no. We all put in, we all got to put in 21 basic lands. Isn't oh, that's that just the, retarded. Isn't that the way it's supposed to be? Yeah, well, no, it's supposed to go crazy like that, but that'll just end the game the next time. That'll time. make certain decks just go off when they have the access to that much mana. Okay, but that's... Like, it's dumb that you guys allowed the combo decks to do that, but it's not like it's dumb. Well, no, they, they were all pre-made decks, so none yeah. of them had amazing, amazing combos in them. Like, the only reason political puppets, the only way political puppets can win is just by insurrection. Yeah. Like, really? it's, it's, it's a pretty weak deck. You're supposed to just like, be like, oh hey, you don't have a command tower? I'll give you a command ta- tower to fix your mana base, just leave me whoa, alone. Whoa, like, it's whoa. a... That's definitely not how you play that deck. How you play that deck is you play one of your creatures, you put a vow on it, and then you use Zudrum to give one of your creatures to somebody else. So you draw an extra card in turn, you can't be hit, and your opponents are still dying. Well, no, like, I did things like that, but I was also playing, like, a kind of group hug version of Zedrum. So that I could, like, make trades with people. And then yeah, people I mean, were wondering why it, people were wondering at why point, one point why was I gaining six life per turn and drawing six and drawing seven cards. <laughs> and you're like, no, don't, yeah. don't worry, don't worry about that. I'm not doing anything. I don't know what you're talking about. Ignore my turn. Our our store was uh, untrustworthy of group decks from the start, so <laughs> they were okay with taking permanence, but before the turn got around, Zedra died every time. That girl could not stay on the board. The only person who died more than her was Kalia. Oh, people killed the shit out of Riku at our at our store. Yeah, as you should. Because Riku's just like the only creature that like the creature. The only problem I have with the decks is the deck with um Mimeoplasm is a lot stronger than like every other deck. Yeah, I put that one in them. our you know sealed decks versus sealed decks. And it was so good, I ended up switching to my Corona Group Hug deck to even things out. Uh, it has so much recursion in it that there's no way you can keep their board clear. And since they don't have a lot of graveyard hate in most of the decks, uh, it just got out of hand. I remember when it started, I was like, oh man, this kind of sucks. All I have is a Moldrifter. I'm like, I cast a Moldrifter. I turn Moldrifter in my hand, cast a Mold, evoke Moldrifter. I think I cast the one Moldrifter six times the first time I played that deck. And then <laughs> This is the card advantage from drawing an additional 12 cards compared to everyone else. Uh, they just couldn't compete with. Yeah, like, that deck, like, it, like we had uh, four pods set up, so there was two tables of four and two tables of three, and it was set up so that two decks couldn't, it was set up in a way so that two decks could never be in the same pod. And, mm-hmm. like... I felt bad because at the end someone left early, so um, like there was just a ta- one of the pods was two Mimeoplasm decks. 
and the Zedru player, and the Zedru player was like, I think I should just fucking scoop. Yeah, they, they should. There's no way you can fight it against some of those decks, especially now with Zedru. The group hug deck in uh, smaller games doesn't work out as well. I played one-on-one against that deck when I first got there, just because nobody had quite sleeved up yet, with my Corona deck, which just doesn't win. It, it's literally just like, everybody, draw cards, have fun, I don't care who wins. It has Insurrection in it just in case the game goes too long, but yeah. it doesn't plan on winning the game. Um, and playing against the Zedger deck, the Zedger, that deck let us all, the Corona let me and uh, the kid I was playing against draw a bunch of cards. But then his deck didn't do anything. Yeah, so that's, that's, like, that okay, Prismatic Omen, Scape Shift, you die. Like, we'll just end this thing, because you're not doing anything, and I'm not playing creatures for you to steal or do anything with, so you're just going to sit there and stare at me. Yeah, I was having... I had a huge problem with that, uh... with that deck playing it, because unless, like... Unless I played a group hug, like, oh, don't touch me, I'm just being... I'm just playing the Minotaur. Like, nobody... Like, it just sucks. Like, it's not a fun deck to play unless people let you be... Unless, unless people leave Zedru alone. So that you can draw stuff. Because, like, all the cards in the deck are kind of subpar. You're like, man, if I draw five extra cards a turn compared to everyone else, I might be able to take this one. But otherwise, ugh, this isn't going well. Maybe I'll give that guy a creature and hope he doesn't kill me next turn. But none of my creatures are good, so nobody wants them. You have the one that attacks a random opponent, it's okay. Yeah, but it cut... I, I, Okay, I have Deus, I have, uh, was it Deus of Fealty? Like, that's a decent card. Yeah. I guess. But, like, it just wasn't fun to, like, do that. Like, that deck, it was only fun because, like, every pod I was in, it was just a bunch of people who, like, was so excited to have the decks that they just wanted to see what the decks could do. Yeah, I would say uh, some of the most fun I had is just playing those decks unmodified against each other was amazing. It was hilarious. Everybody had a great time winning or losing, and everyone played. There was actually uh, the Political Pucket, Puppets uh, deck I played against uh, the first pod we did that. It was stuck on, like, three lands the entire game and was still laughing and having fun. That's how much uh, the deck... Like, people were like, oh, new things. Who cares what happens? Let's just see new cards and action. This feels very left out of this conversation. Oh, literal. Because I didn't actually get to... I saw some people playing with some of the cards, but it's like, uh, I didn't actually get to play with any of them. Makes me sad. You, you play Legacy, so you might want to watch out for a couple of them. Um, Mimeoplasm is one that may actually see play in Reanimator decks. Uh, I think... Was it Medina actually mentioned it? <laughs> yeah. oh, which, is, which is awkward to, to be citing. But I was thinking about it for a while, and he kind of stole my thunder on that. Um... But, yeah, when you Buried Alive and then reanimate uh, the Mimeoplasm, you win the game. So, it's not terrible. I just realized how dirty that could be. Because no one realized, most of the people in the store didn't initially realize that Mimeoplasm isn't, doesn't have, like, people thought that he doesn't clone-clone one creature, that he just has, like, the abilities of one, and then counter, plus one, plus one counters for the other creature's power and toughness. People didn't realize that he is a straight-up clone. He's a straight-up clone of one with a shitload of plus-one, plus-one counters on him. So someone was, like... Someone who was playing, like, a modified deck, like, picked Iona, and then picked, um... Like, what? How was... What was it? Uh, picked, like, Sundering Titan. 
<laughs> yeah. He had a he had he had a flying you know fourteen fourteen. No one can play remove what this table. Well, kind of a spoiler alert, I'm going to be writing about Mimeoplasm as a deck on his own, and one of the things that is going in there, you, you probably already read in the article, is a Triskillian in there, and doubling season, because you play that, <laughs> and you are future, and then you just vomit all the plus one, plus one counters. <laughs> and it is fantastic. Now, if you're looking for legacy, you're looking more like Inkwell Leviathan, and any other creature. Wait, so, um, couldn't there be, uh... If he takes the abilities, wouldn't you run, like, Necrotic Ooze? And uh, what was the the, the Phyrexian card that, that basically... Devourer. The Devourer? Devourer, yeah. So what you need to do is have Triskillian and Devourer in the graveyard at the same time. Or do you just get... You take Necrotic Ooze. Like... If you take Necrotic Ooze abilities... The problem with Necrotic Ooze is that when you... When you target with Mimeoplasm, you take... You remove from the graveyard. You, yeah. yeah, you exile the creature. It's better just to steal something like Scytherix and just kill somebody out. Right. What, what like, I was thinking is that since... Like, if you don't have some of the pieces, which I guess you, there's no reason to bring Mimeoplasm out if you don't, like, you could take uh, Necrotic Ooze and then just kind of wait till you have the other pieces. Yeah, that can work. Yeah, or or you could just play Necrotic Ooze. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like it's, basically you get redundancy is what I was thinking. Yeah, but Necrotic Ooze is redundancy on himself. I wouldn't plan on that being your target. I would plan on something that either benefits from plus one plus extra plus one plus one counters, uh, even something like Chameleon Colossus, or just uh, a poison creature or a creature with haste. Uh, the way I was killing people even with the precon was stealing a haste creature from their graveyard and the Eldrazi that they included in the Mythioplasm deck. Oh, the, art- uh, the Artisan, right? Yeah, and just swinging in for 16 general damage one turn, then 16 the next and killing them in two shots. So You sound like a fun person to play with. These were the precons. These were the precons. <laughs> uh, but the Playing outside of the recons to see what people did with these uh, generals afterwards was absolutely amazing. Um, the one, in my opinion, that is by far the most broken is Riku. That guy oh, is Riku ridiculous. is gross. Especially now that World Gorger Dragon is unbanned, and I don't know if you've done the math on that, but uh, that does go infinite with Riku. Oh, uh, I can- love the commander page on um on the home site. Because it's like famous cards, and it's like Carador, Ghost Chieftain, uh, Death by Dragons, Archangel of Strife, and Nim the Pain Artist. And like, I don't think anybody was super excited about any of these cards. Actually, uh, I saw Carador do some some cool things, uh, but, but only when like, combined been, like, with the other two generals. Because you uh, use Gabe, and you just sacrifice him to, your, to himself, and then replay him each turn. And so you end up spending, well, 10 mana a turn, but late game you have it, to just keep putting Sapperling tokens into play. Oh. By the the way, my my favorite thing I saw in somebody altering the decks was they made Nim Pain Artist their general and played, like, a two-edit giant game with someone who was playing with, um, 
with uh, word, words of war in their deck. Shot one of, like, he tapped out, played, uh, he tapped out, like, for Nim the Pain Artist and shot a creature for, uh, for, like, 20. And then, as the person's drawing out their deck, shot, shot one of their, uh, shot their opponent for 20. That just seems mean. Yeah. But I, I've seen, I've seen her, I just don't think she's good on her own as a general. Um, she needs black in her deck. Oh no, so, I don't think that she's good on her own. It was just interesting because he's like, oh, I've always like he he had a cool deck already for red blue, but like some of the the red blue generals like you can choose from is like Niv Mizzet, which is amazing. But like you have to make a good Niv Mizzet deck, you have to kind of go all into that combo and make people hate you. Yeah, if you're playing Niv Mizzet or Joyra, people hate you before you play a single card. Yeah, so he was like, I want to play a red-blue deck, but, like, there's two generals. The the fucking Tolera and what's her name? Like, what is it? The Tidor and Gabor. The Wonder Twins. Um, yeah, the the Wonder Twins. And what they do that's wonderful is give things flying and ping things. Yeah, that's hey. why I said Wonder Twins, because, like, the Wonder Twins never really became anything useful. So at least, like, with this card, he had an option to play a general that didn't either make people laugh at him or make people want to just kill him. Well, if I see Nin, Nin Pain Artist, I'm probably going to laugh. So. Yeah, but that's because you're the Sith Lord. You're the but, Sith Lord, okay. So I actually got to play Arkham this weekend, which was fun. By request, somebody, somebody asked me to pull it out. It was their Riku deck, so they knew they were playing. Some, some craziness. And uh, we we ended up just playing two games, and I think each one lasted five or ten minutes. So it was basically vintage slash legacy. Uh, you were just slapping your arms at each other? Well, the uh, first game, he ends up winning because I didn't realize I'd won the game, so I felt like a tard. Um, I got out <laughs> Mind Over Matter and Temple Bell, and I was like, oh, he has an Eldrazi in his deck, so this won't work. Which is wrong. It completely works, because he never discards anything. Only I discard things. So while I get to shuffle my li- my graveyard back to my library, he just dies. But I didn't put that <laughs> in my mind, because this thing's been gaining dust, gathering dust for so long. After the game, we look down, and we're like, oh, that's right. I guess, whatever. Let's play one more, see if I can remember what in my deck means a win condition. And, uh, yeah, the next game was... was uh, I end up getting like uh, mana bolts and mana crypt out first turn, playing uh, Karn and then Microsynth Lattice, and that was it. So. Ever told you how awful of a human being you are sometimes, Sean? Yeah, I've heard. I've heard. He, he actually said after looking at his deck is nothing but combos. He plays Palancron and World Gorger Dragon and everything else he could possibly think of that can go infinite or kill or win the game with Riku or by itself. And he still looked down and he's like, I think your deck has too many combos in it, so I'm not trying to deal with that. With my mana drain and force of will, can't stop an Arkham deck. Fantastic. <laughs> so uh, I ended up playing Fabio for the rest of the day, uh, which is just fun. I, I think, Lewis, you've actually played with that one, haven't you? The Dork Eating decks? 
Uh, I played a little bit of it, but it was, like, not even close to the, the list that you put up. Like, I was missing the extra tutors. Um, the mana base was something like 20 basic lands <laughs> instead of, like, the 12 that you had originally put in, or 14. <laughs> yeah. I, I have my rich man mana bases. I'm yeah. surprised people haven't commented on it more. I'm like, just play all your duels in here. You'll be fine. It's great. <laughs> 20 fetches, 10 duels. Oh, yeah, that's how you do a five-color mana base. I just yeah. have these laying around. <laughs> so, Sean, I've said it to you a few, Sean, I've said it to you a few times when I, that, like, your, your mana, that, like, your mana bases are a little too rich for most of our players' blood. Yeah. Most people will make do. They'll be like, okay, you know what, this deck is awesome. I don't have the lands. I'll figure it out. Apparently, you could play 30 basics and still have a three-color deck. According to Wizards. Uh, yeah. yeah. My, my, <laughs> Corona, my Corona deck plays over 30 basics, and it's five, <laughs> and it works just fine. You just make it mostly green and have a lot, a lot of land search, and you're fine. But oh, I was really confused about something. Um, why didn't they make a tri-land for the, for the Wedge decks? Uh, they did. It was called Command Tower, and it was amazing, and I have no complaints about it. Yeah, I think Command But I was looking for something that was more just like a legit, uncommon Tri-Land. Well, as a Commander player, they gave me exactly what I wanted, so... Uh, I guess. Basically a reflecting pool that works in every Commander deck. I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> if only it was foil. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so the Jorkadine deck I've been playing because I figured it was my fun alternative to playing Arkham... Um, since it doesn't really combo off, there's one in there that involves Valakit now that I didn't post on the website because people don't like to see every one of my decks having combos in them. Um, <laughs> Wait, it's, really? Uh, it's, it's Goblin Welder, Heap Doll, Solemn Simulacrum, uh, and then you get, what is it, the the staff that I throw into all my decks and <sighs> let you cycle both of them. So you get to play all the basic lands from your deck and draw your deck by uh, switching Psalm Simulacrum and a Heat Bow from your graveyard and it untaps the Goblin Welder each time. So if you have a Valakit in play, you kill somebody. <laughs> it, it doesn't it doesn't come up very often, though, because George Aideen is in the deck. Yeah. And I didn't realize how gross he was at, at first, and now it's become painfully obvious. He's playing against the Riku player. He had a harder time against that than he did against Arkham. It was like, okay, I played George Aideen. Swing for 12 to 18 every time. Yeah. Um, the thing I noticed is, is, like, in multiplayer, it's not really as good, because then, like, the other, like, the like, guy that's next to you, who's still at 40, is like, I I'll keep the other dude alive, because now we can team up against you. It's like, no! I was actually playing against two Esper color decks. I don't I don't remember what one guy had as his general, but the other one was um, the Sh uh, Sharoom. The, the stupid okay, so it was like Sharoom and Zur going yeah. against your Arcadian deck. Yeah, and like it, the other one, they were both running. Um, what is the the untap all your artifacts at the everybody's end step? Yeah, the new one, the unwinding clock. Yeah, so it was like I had the the guy. I, I think I missed like three land drops. Like I, this is like turn. Like, oh, actually, wait. This is actually just turn five where I was about to kill the Sharoom player, 
And the, so one person went like... Turn five, about to kill a Sharoon player. Okay. Yeah. And it's like, um, Icy Manipulator. And it's just like, oh. They have lightning graves. Yeah, but I I didn't get it. Like, this is actually just because I went, um, Core Duelists. Uh, then I, what, what was the secret where I played, like, Spike Shot Older? Then I played Sword and Equipped. It was sort of War and Peace. And it was just like, well, double strike, so I deal, tw- like, 20, like, I did 19 points of damage, then I did 18 points of damage, and it's like, well, I'm at three life. Please keep me alive. They they managed to land send triplets. And it's like if you keep me alive until his turn, then I, I won't control you with send triplets. I'm like that's just bullcrap. Just so you know, in EDH, Boros is considered the weakest color combination. So if your Boros deck forces Zer and Sharoom to work together to fight you, doesn't matter how the game ends. You won. Because <laughs> those are literally two of the most hated generals in the game. Yeah. So you're Fabio slapping them down? Yeah, you, you got that one. And you the, went on moral grounds alone. The, the word, like, and it was just kind of sad because I didn't actually get to cast uh, cast him. I was just like, I'm stuck on three mana. I was like, oh. Ordolist almost got there. I don't know why people think I, Sword of War and Peace sucks. I need to start playing more EDH so that I can have awesome EDH stories. Side note, for Sword of War and Peace gets past Sen Triplets. Yeah. <laughs> people people seem to forget that. I had somebody try to gild a Drake, my Jorkity, and I was like, um, you see that sort of fire nice on him? Yeah, you're going to have to select something else. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I've had a lot of games now turn where generally what happens is the aggro players have to work together against the combo players. When Jorkity's <laughs> there, all the combo players are like, what can we do to stop this guy with swords on him from killing us? And uh, if you have if you have the tutors, it, it's a lot more effective because as soon as you get Sunforger out, you have tons of combat tricks you can do. Um, I was playing against the Riku and Animar, and I was trying to swing in for lethal damage against the Riku player who'd already been hit for something like 14 general the turn before. Um, so I swing through. He has a Yavamaya Elder, and I'm equipped with Sword of Body and Mind, um, Sunforger, and that's it. Uh, so he goes ahead and crows and grips my sort of body and mind. I then, uh, it obviously resolves because that's split second. I pass the exile his Yavamaya elder. He force of wills my pass the exile. So I unequip Sunforger to go ahead and swords to plowshare his Yavamaya elder get in for lethal damage. And without the tutors to get Sunforger, those kind of tricks are a lot harder. That is crazy. But, yeah, like, I, I've only been able to get a few cards and stuff, so the deck's pretty weak as it stands. Like, I think I'm running an actual, like, seven drop and stuff instead of, like, I'm not even close to your list. I think pretty much just most of the swords, uh, Stoneforge Mystic, and, like, a bunch of the common and uncommon creatures. Uh, the the hardest part of the list I posted, um, and I realized it as I've been playing with it, is the artifact acceleration. I just kind of offhand threw in there. Uh, things like Mana Crypt and 
uh, Mox Opal are really important for making that deck go from being kind of cool to being nearly unstoppable for a lot of decks. And I realize that Mana Crypt is a 50 to $80 card that uh, I don't even recommend going out and buying because that's a big investment just to play EDH. Yeah. Like, I, I'm, like I've noticed that. I think it's like about... Four mana is is where you want to get to at least. Five mana is where you get, do you, the most broken things with the deck. I mean, I don't know <laughs> if, you, if you've experienced differently. Um, the only way around that is getting, uh, what is it, the Pure Seer Paladin out? Oh my god, I beat I beat someone who was playing uh, Skitherix, Mono Black. And, like, I raced him because, like, I was... I ha- I had Pure Steel Paladin, Spike Shot Elder, Nim Death Mantle, and Sword of I, I can't I think Light and Shadow. I don't I don't even remember. It was it wasn't really important. But basically, I would equip onto everything onto uh, Spike Shot Elder, swing. He, it would be his turn. He couldn't kill Spike Shot Elder. I would ping him for a bunch, and then it was just like if he and if at any point he killed. Something I would just be like, okay, I pay four for Nim Death Mantle. Boom, boom, boom. Keep swinging. Yeah, actually, Nim Death Mantle wasn't in the original list, and this was mentioned on Twitter. It it does go in the deck. Go ahead and take Pariah Shield right out. Yeah, but it was pure steel Paladin, like just saving so much mana. Is yeah, insane. it allows you to do to do so much with the deck. Sunforger lets you just use that ability over and over and over again. Um, what was everything to say? Oh, uh, do you have the Cauldra Artifacts? No, I actually don't have any of those. Because one of the things that the deck can turn into a control deck, as soon as you equip the Sword of Cauldra onto a Spike Shot Elder, there's basically nothing anybody else can do. Because you just exile their creatures every time they play them. Yeah, that sounds insane. Yeah. I gotta get that one. I think there's one of those up here. I, I right. hate being in a small town. Oh, any luck on finding me a Kikijiki? No, I, like, it, there's, like, no, okay, there's people here who, there's one, at least one person who has a complete playset of every card from, like, Alpha to, um, I can't, like, I think Mask Lock or Ursa's mm-hmm. or something, and, like, he's only willing to sell it as a complete set, it's like, so, well, fuck, I'm not getting any cards from him, and then there's, like, Nobody with anything up until Alar block and some Shadow Moor stuff, with like with the, the the filter lands. But that's like about it. There's like nothing between leg like you're either playing vintage or standard and maybe a little bit of extended. So I just gotta keep I just gotta keep being on my hunt then. Uh, I have the local store looking out for him. Uh, I need two more in addition to the one you need. So. Yeah. yeah, and then I'm also looking for my... I found Tooth and Nails, finally. I just got to get the money together, because uh, I don't want to give away too many details, because it's a really sick price that I found. It's basically a playset for the cost of two and a half. Evie? <laughs> I'm onto your secret tech. Oh, uh, they ha- do, do they have more than one playset available? <laughs> There's another playset that's being sold for a roughly the same... Price range, but uh, 
I just like found it recently and was pretty surprised to find a place at a tooth and nail for, you know, $27. Oh, yeah, I, I have that as my last viewed item. Yeah, I think I sent that to you. And then there's another place that that's being sold at, like, its normal price value. How many of them do you need? I need, need a place for Yeah. Ah, you suck. Wait, how many do you need? Uh, as many green decks as I have in EDH. <laughs> <laughs> Screw, like, moving cards between decks. I want to... You're going to get a copy for each deck. Well, I mean, I'd split it with... Oh, yeah, I guess other people do that, don't they? Other people move cards. <laughs> I mean, we can talk about this postcast, but I mean, like, if you want to go in and I'll split it with you 50-50, and then you get two, I get two. We can talk about it post. Yeah, that's why I said we can definitely do it postcast. I mean, like, so I'm trying to, like, I get paid Friday. I don't want to spend, you know, a third of my paycheck on four cards. I have a really shitty job. You, you, well, you're getting paid more than I do. Yeah, no, I'm not, at no point, like, thanks to having a heart-to-heart with, uh, with, uh, Boosh, because, like, I, I really hate my job, Boosh is like, you have a one, like, stop bitching, and I was like, fine. Yeah. So I got over it. So, uh, on the topic of stop bitching, there was a banning on Monday that nobody thought was going to happen. Thank you. A lot of people thought it was going to happen. The biggest thing that surprised people was two cards got banned. The fact that Stoneforge Mystic and Jace got banned, that's what threw people off. They're like, you know, like, if, if it had been one or the other, no matter which one it was, people would have been like, okay, makes sense. But the fact that both of them got banned was just like, wait, what? And I got to admit, I was one of the people who was like, why? Why would you do that? Like, it makes, like, it, it's painful. I, like, I really enjoyed Callblade, and I'm one of the few people. But it was, like, one of the ways I was, like, sure that I was going to be able to get two buys for GP Montreal. Now, I'm like, I am hoping to at least stay with one buy. Because it was a deck that let the most skilled player win. And I am by far more skilled than the, the rest of the people in this store. So it was like, okay, it's awesome for me. And But I realized, like, after the initial uproar and stuff that it would... Callblade probably wasn't good for magic, and most likely it wasn't, so I shouldn't say probably. But it, like, it, if it's better for magic, then I don't care if it hurts me a little bit. And I just had to, like, just thinking, like, how Patrick Chapin says, like, even if, the, if it makes it harder to become a level 8 pro or whatever for next year, or the payout is lessened, if it helps magic, it's better for all of us. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd have this discussion, obviously, like everyone else had, uh, just over and over and over again over the past couple months, and I was one of the earlier people to jump on the band Jace train, I kind of jumped off a little bit just because I hated having the argument, like, I really wanted it banned, I'd said that I wasn't going to play in any major uh, standard tournaments until it was banned, and I wasn't the only one, Um Obviously, I said the one thing that Wizards really looks at, no matter what we debate about for cards, is tournament attendance and card sales. The card could be terrible, but if the card makes it so less people show up and less people buy their product, they're going to ban it. Because they're a company, and companies need to make money to stay alive. And so when tournament attendance at a lot of places drop more than half of what they're at, like our local game day went from 20 
people showing up to four people showing up, they just didn't have their choice. They had, they had to. Especially when they were interviewing people and they're like, so why aren't you here? And they're like, Cobweb or Chase or some person is taking a batter skull. And when that's all they heard, they really didn't have any other choice. Did anyone read the standard bandings explained by Aaron yeah. Forsyth? He he was very yeah. good about it. Like he he explained it very thoroughly, and it wasn't offensive or anything. So like even as like as angry as I was that I lost Callblade, he explained it and it made sense. Yeah, for those for like people who haven't read it, which if you haven't read it by now, uh, I'm a little surprised. It's you know Tuesday, the banding's been up for a day, and it was all that was talked about on Twitter for an entire day. Um, the one thing I thought was interesting was how how was how, uh, was how um, much value they put into Ferection Revoker, Despise, and Hex Parasite. They had really thought that New Phyrexia was going to fix the problem. They were really hoping, at least. And then they also thought that uh, Hero of Oxidred and Thrun were going to be the the other heroes of, like, the, the other anti-Jace cards. And, like, I think that one of the things I've, I've started to notice, and I, like, after reading this article, is that when Wizards tries to fix a problem by putting in a few extra cards or, like, tweaking a card that's in the set, I think they don't actually ascertain the whole problem very well. Like... Yeah, I agree. I mean, Jace was in control when it was first printed because you were able to play two spells a turn, one of them for free off the Cascade spells. Um, People weren't using Hiding Needle to destroy Jace. Um, and that should have given him a clue that one card that kills card advantage isn't going to work. You need something else that generates a massive amount of card advantage to fight something that does the same thing. And when both Stonefuge Mystic and Jace give you so much advantage over what you're doing, you can't just have one card that uh, shuts them down later on and expect that to stop them. Like, something that they did address and, like, something that, like, was always an argument about, like, Callblade is how... Oh, it's you, you just have the best deck, and it's not the, a skill deck or anything like that. They knew something was up because only the skilled players were winning, and that's like they they addressed that. So when people say like, "Oh, it's just that Jason Stoneforge were amazing," it's they were because obviously it got banned. But you can't like they weren't powerful in themselves. They one of the biggest things was not the fact that they were too powerful, like Skull Clamp or anything like that, but that they they reduced the the luck factor, which is a huge draw about magic. So they made it unfun. It didn't make the like the game any worse in any like necessarily yeah. but it made it unfun. And Yeah, I agree. Like if I remember people picking up um Ravager Affinity decks when I was playing uh, during that, and anyone anyone who knew how to play Magic could play Ravager Affinity. Like, you, there wasn't... I mean, if you wanted to play it, like, super, like, broken, like, as broken as it is, you needed to be a good player. But, uh, you didn't need... You didn't need to be super skilled. I saw a kid... We, uh, someone borrowed a, uh... A, uh a Cobblade deck, and just, uh, like, he borrowed it from a friend and tried to play it, and he lost, he lost to, like, 
He even lost to a, like a white weenie deck because he just like wasn't playing it right. Yeah, what's funny about that is that's actually one of the reasons why people hated the deck so much was because there's only a very few number of people in Magic who are very good. I'm not among one of those people. Um, and you want to feel like you have a chance anytime you go to a tournament. And if you know you're not good enough to beat people, it'd be nice to be able to play a deck that you can be like, okay, well, I'm not good enough, but I'm just going to play Burn and hope I can get into the top 16 by being lucky and just burning somebody out. But when the only way you can top 16 or even top 8 is by being amazing, you feel like you don't even want to show up because you know you're going to lose before you get there. Yeah. And that was what was discouraging newer players from entering tournaments. Yeah, like, one thing that I always wanted to, like, like, that during the discussion was whether, like, people complain that all the cards are just too good, and it's, like, that, that, or too expensive, which was the, I hate that argument, but the, if the, people would admit that it was just unfun to play against it, and that that's why they wouldn't show up to tournaments, that, that is completely understandable, and it, it can, it makes sense, like, Aaron Forsyth explained that whole thing very well, and if, People find cards unfun. That completely changes. Like it doesn't have to do with cards being too powerful. Like Skull Clamp was just too powerful. That like it didn't make it unfun. So like something can be unfun without just being broken. Yeah, it's like Top was where Top wasn't banned because of the power level. It was banned because of how long games were taking. I was starting to feel the same way about Callblade. Um, even when you're playing a deck that you that a reasonably pilot against it, decks would just go, uh, games would just go on forever. And I, I don't want to play a tournament where every time I'm playing the time, it's just very taxing on. You yeah. want to say something? Yeah, no. Um, the, the only issue, the the one thing that I uh, and like I don't I don't want to talk about this for like the 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 whole the whole remainder of the cast. I think the interesting thing was that both in Aaron Forsythe's article and then uh, in some of the other subsequent articles is that it was sort of an apology to an extent. Like I, I like there very rarely do they ban a card and give you such a detailed analysis as to uh, as to why they were um, as to why they banned it, but also to explain like, look, we done effed up. Like, we made mistakes, mistakes were made, end of the story. Now, like, one of the the lesser talked about bannings is Frantic Search in in Pauper. It's one of the Ursa free spells, you draw two cards, discard two two cards, untap three lands. Now, I don't know how many people this actually affects, but my biggest question is, like, because... The the frantic search storm combo with temporal fissure and stuff in the familiars seems a lot easier to hate out because the like you can kill their creatures or kill their lands and either one kind messes with them the the combo that seems way too powerful that makes me think that they they should have banned something in that is the grape shot combo or empty the warrens whichever like it runs both because the only way to actually fight that deck is Either hindering touch, which is the storm counterspell that's kind of like almost, it's a two instead of three uh, kind of mana leak spell, which costs four and they can kill you on turn three, two or three, or like dress effects, and dress effects are only in like mono black or blue black in that format. 
So it's just sometimes the the lesser played formats. I think that the bannings are a little weird, and I don't know if someone can explain to me why they ban frantic search. But I I would hope that someone messages me on Twitter or something to tell me why. Uh, I don't know, but uh, last last part of this banning, and then I want to move on to two more topics. Uh, is how quickly the price drop happened? Oh, uh, for both for Jace and Mindscope for J- wow for Jace and Stoneforge. Yeah, I was actually like I have to thank Smitty for it because I was so fuming over the Jace and Stoneforge Mystic ban that I almost forgot until he mentioned that on MTGO sometimes you can get a deal on bots be, like they they don't update fast enough. I was able to sell three Jaces for four Stoneforge Mystics to get four Jaces for Stoneforge Mystic plus thirty some odd ticks. Yeah. So like right now, Star City's doing a uh, a fifty percent off to to clear out their stock of Stoneforges, and it's still not low enough. There's still other stores who are selling for cheaper than their fifty percent off sale. Yeah, because a lot of stores started stocking up on this card, and now it's playable in a format that nobody goes to. And Legacy, where the decks is in or out of most people's price range. Uh, and, and it's still going to be reprinted. Now it's going to be reprinted, and it's banned in standard. So I don't see oh, 7.50 being as close as it goes. People, I also want to just say to like people who are complaining about, oh my god, I made a financial investment in Jace, and now he's worthless. He's still $60, which is more than most modern Magic cards. That's number one. Number two, availability of Jace. If you go to a lot of sites, their stock of Jace is limited. You owning your Jaces, and they took like a $25, $30 hit each, you still have one of the most sought-after cards in Magic. Get over it. Yeah, like, it, it's a legacy card, so it's really, there's a very high floor for that kind of, like, he's a vintage staple, actually, at this point. He's one of the cheapest vintage staples. <laughs> well, aside from the original Tezzeret, yeah. <laughs> What's that, Tezzeret? Search play zero? Oh, I'll just go get myself a Moxin. For a Lotus, it's cool. No need to be raging, bro. Um, so, we have two more topics we can hit up. Uh, we could do some, we, we, I don't think, I, I, I have no tilt stories, so I was no, gonna I avoid. Story. I have a bit of a bad, oh, let Sean, since he's got a tilt. Alright, so we'll do tilt, and then I want to discuss my article, and then shout outs and all that nonsense. So, tilt story. All right, well, this is actually one where uh, I I got beat up. I wasn't put on tilt too bad, but uh, it, it was definitely a, a bad beat. Wait, you were being put on tilt? That uh-huh. never happens. Yeah, well, uh, I was playing Valakit, uh against a guy who was playing something terrible. Uh, <laughs> but I guess I couldn't draw past my second land for the whole game. And so, I play my first land, I play my second land, I play Explore, can't find a land. Play Colony Heart Expedition, still can't find a land. Six turns later, still haven't found a land. Meanwhile, he played a Hover Mirror on turn two, and is slowly beating me to death with the Hover Mirror. 
And eventually he gets it equipped with a sword, and I just die to hover me aggro. <laughs> that should only happen in Limited. You should have passed the Blood Moon. I, I don't know if uh, if you guys have played with Alligate, but the la- the deck plays uh, 26 lands. Only 26, that's your problem. Uh, only 26. I know, it should have been like 30 or 40, because I couldn't draw a land for the whole game. If that wasn't bad enough, we go to the, the third game, so when the first one does playing Valakit, and it's, uh, I don't know if you know, but it, it is now the top dog, so that's pretty awesome. But like that um, comic says. Yeah. Uh, this time I get stalled on three land, and don't get any for the rest of the game. And don't draw Cultivate or anything. And same thing, somehow, turn two Hovermere, here it comes again. <laughs> Freaking recurring nightmares, the Hovermere comes in and beats me to death. I, 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 I literally I, I, riff out my deck afterwards to make sure there are actually lands in the deck. And I, 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 still the 26. I, I think I know what it means, though. Hovermere aggro is the next best standard deck. It's going to replace Callblade. <laughs> well, he was playing it just to beat Callblade, uh... He was still playing the Stoneforge Mystic and the Jace, but he was playing Hovermere over um, Squadron over Squadron Hawk and some other some other odd changes in there um, that were bad against Valakit, but supposedly really good against Cobblade because the the Hovermere will beat out a Squadron Hawk if both are equipped or if neither are. So that's why he was playing it. I mean. I, I hate that phrase. The it, it should be Cobblade because like you you thought about it and you looked at it on paper. Like I can say like I make my joke that uh that my that my Jumanji green white deck is is a is a sword breaker it beats Cobblade, but that's more because it's happened. Like I can say like I was playtesting standard last I was playtesting standard on Saturday so before the banding. And I was playing against my friend who has a Cobblade deck, and he's my favorite playtest partner just because he's phenomenal at piloting it. And he he was like, your deck is just a pain in the ass to play against. Like, I hate when people are like, oh, I've got this sick new anti-Cobblade tech, and, and it's Hovermere. Well, it's like the owl thing. Uh, it's like my Cobblade tech is I'm going to play Cobblade, and I'm just going to take out the weakest card in the deck. And replace it with another weak card and see how this works. It's not really a big gamble. Yeah. Um, as in my store, we didn't see... Well, someone's tilt kind of kept me from losing. Because, like, okay, some new guy showed up that he only plays once in a blue moon, apparently, or something. I don't know. And he beat somebody, and he's playing, like, kind of rugged, but not with, like, the, the rug that we're used to with Lotus Cobra, Inferno Titans, and stuff. He's playing just a red-green aggro-ish deck with Priest of Urbosk and, and stuff, and then, like, a few fetches to get an Island or two for his Deceiver Exarch, and then Splinter Twin it and stuff. And he beat the guy so profusely that he's just like, oh, I can't believe that I'm losing a Splinter Twin combo and, like, telling everybody... So, of course, by the time I go to face this guy in the finals, I'm like, oh, I know what you're playing. You have no idea what I'm playing. I get this huge advantage. And I still almost lost because I, one of the dumbest mistakes and one of the things that you can tell when people screw up with Callblade, I preordained when I was stuck on mana. And oh, I hate watching Callblade players do that. Well, the thing was, like, 
I I needed my fifth land that like that turn for the most part, or like and it was just like I it was a preordained no it was I forget I forget it was like one card that wasn't worth anything oh Gideon Gideon and a Celestial Colonnade and if if I didn't have a fourth untapped land then I couldn't double like mana leak so I I would probably lose. So I had to gamble for an untapped land, but then after that colonnade, for four draws, there were no lands anyway. It's like, well, even if I took the colonnade, I was going to miss a bunch of land drops and probably lose anyway. And I lost to, to a priest of Urbas swinging in. That, that was not very fun. But I beat, gotta... him, beat him in game two and three. Those were actually really fun games. Actually, I do have a tilt story. I forgot about this. So, I play against Model Red to get into the top four at my store. Uh, and he's playing, uh, like, the, the Burning Shrine and all that nonsense in this deck. Um, game one, you know, I get super, I get super lucky and, you know, beat down with some acidic slimes and stuff. It was fun. Fun times, you know, blowing up people's lands and Burning Shrine, sh- shrine and all that nonsense. Uh, game two, he's like, uh, I'm just gonna sideboard. He's like, I got some stuff for your swords. He's like, I got combust and I got crush, and I'm like, that's that's cool. And I'm like, I don't care because I don't really care if I make top four or not. So I go, I would like you to show what I'm gonna show you what I'm sword sideboarding against you. And I drop on the table three obstinate bailoffs, four core firewalkers, and two celestial purges. You got your numbers mixed up. You should be running four purges and two firewalkers. Uh, oh wait, wait, wait! I, I forget. Bad cards. Got it. No, it wasn't. It's not that. Uh, we have a lot of uh, we have a lot of more spell based um, red at our store. I agree with you that Celestial Purge is one of the is the better choice, but we have goblins, uh, red deck wins, and we have uh, a deck that plays just red spells like. Burst Lightning, Lightning Bolt, Arc Trail, Searing Blaze, Koth. So, like, the Celestial Purges are kind of useless against a deck like that. So I have my deck designed for, like, the red meta in general, not, like, the overarching meta. Anyway, that's not the tilt, but that's not the, that's not the point of the story. Um, so we're finished sideboarding. He shuffles up, draws his hand, says, this is total trash, I can't keep it. Shuffles up. And so I grab, like, a stack of maybe 15, 15, 20 cards, and I'm like, all your lands. And I drop it, and I go, that's your cut. He goes, draws to six. He goes, motherfucker, what did you do to my deck? And I go, what do you mean? He goes, I drew zero lands. And I go, really? He's like, yeah, and he shows me his hand, and there's, there's like, no lands in it. And I'm like, wow, that sucks to be you. And then he shuffles up. And so I do the same thing, and I say, all your spells. And he ke- he's forced to keep a five-land, uh, a four-land hand, and I think it's like, what's it, the the goblin that you pay two to deal two or whatever? What's its name? Amber Hauler? That you pay yeah. one sacrifice to deal two? I don't, yeah. I don't know what it, I don't know what it costs. Does it cost two? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um... And I proceed to get there because he, he, I go turn one, nothing, 
turn two, he plays uh, Goblin Guide and swings and reveals my core Firewalker. And he's like, well, that sucks. And so before I draw, I'm like, I'm going to do this out of order. Just, just, just humor me. And I play my third land, and I tap two, and I play core Firewalker and draw another core fire and draw the core Firewalker on top. And he's like, wait, really? And I'm like, core Firewalker? Next turn, Thrun? I got a fever. Nail it. Sure. It's more core Firewalker. <laughs> okay, you know what? At least when Sean goes and tells somebody, he's actually playing the game correctly, not, like, skipping draw steps just to tilt the opponent even more. <laughs> Although I should try that. <laughs> well, I was doing it to be funny. I wasn't doing it to, like, super dream crush this poor kid. Look, we already know you're a horrible person. You're part of this cast. I love kids, dream. Alright, <laughs> first of all, this guy was older than me. I just said kid because I like I call everyone kid. Because he looks so young and creamy. <laughs> yeah, calling new players kids is fine. Yeah. Or if they look like goats. <laughs> <laughs> Baby goats are called kids. Calm down. <laughs> it's, it's, okay, Sean, it's not that we're arguing that with you. It's the randomness of you bringing it up. On the plus side, we just talked. Are you telling me you've never seen a skinny dude at a magic store with a pointy beard and thought to yourself, wow, that dude looks like a goat? Sean, <laughs> I, I can honestly promise, like... On my mother's grave or anything that you wish, that I've never been at a tournament and went, that guy looks like a goat. That is not one of the thoughts that has ever crossed my mind at a magic tournament. Ah, you need to play magic in California. A lot of hippies out here. A lot of hippies (laughs) out here. Goat magic. Aren't you afraid that they'll eat your cards or something? I am. Uh, Play double sleeve. (laughs) (laughs) It's too rubbery for them. Anyway... Uh, so, I don't want to, I don't want to hash on this because I got forced to talk about it on Sarah's Angels cast and I, I'm a little over it by now, but Sean had brought it up when I was talking about show notes, uh, earlier today, so I'll talk about my article for a little bit, but I don't want to, I don't want to spend the, the, the exuberant amount of time that I spent on Sarah's Angel. Then you should start talking about it right now. Thanks, Lewis. Uh, so... <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know how many of you have read it. Uh, I wrote an article about player responsibility, where I tackle uh, the not really just Jeebus because that would be kind of unfair. Other Magic players and other people use "gay" as a pejorative and justify it in the same way that Jeebus did. Of oh, the words evolved and it no longer means homosexual and blah 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 blah. And I'm gonna say I'm gonna give you how the word "accost" evolved, even though. The word didn't evolve to, uh, uh, to a different meaning. It just, uh, became a more severe word. But I think I know about etymology, so I'm just gonna ramble because I'm a dumbass. Um, however, I do wanna, uh, just point out something. Uh, one of the people who commented on my article, Sean? I was gonna, I was gonna mention that, that particular argument is, uh, so oddly absurd. When you're like, well, gay doesn't mean gay to me, so it shouldn't be offensive. Gay just means stupid and lame, not homosexual. 
Like, well, I refer to myself as gay, but you're saying that means stupid and lame. So you're saying I refer to myself as stupid and lame. You see how that's offensive in some way? <laughs> I mean, that's the same thing as going, oh my god, when I say you Jewed me out of my money, I didn't mean you Jewish religion me out of my money. I mean you cheated me and connived me. I'm not meaning to insult Jews, okay. <laughs> well, I mean, like, I'll read you a passage from, um, from, uh, Jeebus's article posting, which Jeebus, I figured out who you really are, and I'm not going to blow up your spot. Um, what everyone needs to realize is that words evolve. Lots of words have evolved to mean different things. Coke was originally was, was originally the result of a metallurgical process. A cost, while having a similar definition, has grown from being a completely neutral word to having severely negative connotations. While there may be reasons, and that. Uh, I just lost where I was. Uh, while there may be reasons that the words have evolved the way they are, they hold no actual bearing on the other uses of the word. No one doing coke in a restaurant bathroom is concerned with metallurgy, and the fact that a certain magic card is completely fucking gay has nothing to do with guy-on-guy action. Um, here's the problem with that. Ah, where do I even start? Okay. I'm, I'm going to give... I'm, I'm, I'm an English major. So, we learn about etymology. I use one book... In, in all of my English classes, well, there are two books used in every English class. The MLA Handbook and the Oxford English Dictionary. Why? Because the Oxford English Dictionary, when you search a fucking word, gives you not only its initial meaning, it tells you the meaning of the fucking word each time it learns a new iteration. So, I base everything around that. Wait, question, question. So... So when you say you check the fucking book, are the books actually having sex? Because that's what the the word. Lewis, I will now. punch you in the face. I will I will <laughs> save this punch for when we get to GP Montreal. Well, if I ever get there, it'll happen. Shut up. Anyway, so the point of saying that a word, um, that a that a word has nothing to do with its original origin. Gay originally meant happy. If how does a word from happy me go from meaning stupid or dumb? Well, there's sort of a uh, there's sort of a, a little a little uh, a little missing link here. I, I know I know where that link is. The Flintstones. Where? Fred was totally gay for Barney. They they have a gay old time. Exactly, but for a word to evolve to mean a pejorative, there has to be a link of it. Like, for example, uh, Sean's comment about uh, someone getting Jewed out of their money. Where does that come from? The fact that people assume that all Jews are stingy and will shortchange you. Sorry, Sean. Sean, don't hurt me. Are you vacuuming me away? What was that noise? I thought that was a car in my neighborhood. There's a Jewish accountant. You were looking at somebody fighting the Jewish stereotypes. I thought Sean was sighing at me, so I was like, what? That was a really loud sigh then. Yeah, that's what I was and like. motorized, it was amazing. I was like, I guess Sean's going to kill me now. But, but um, the, the the word gay becoming from a pejorative is for people being against people being homosexual. Now, in uh, no, I guess I'll get back to the point of my article, though. I don't think that no one should say these words. Like, I don't think that we should. I should uh, go around every tournament... Listening for people to say, oh, that fucking, you playing Stoneforge Mystic is so fucking gay. Uh, 
I like I'm not gonna go run up to you and be like, You, you suck. Don't say that. But like oh, I feel that Huh? You're saying in response to saying you're gay, you should tell him you suck, which is just another way of saying he's gay. <laughs> that is fantastic. You should totally do that. If anybody can. But I mean, it. like, what I what I what I was ho- what I was hoping to get out of out of my article was that people understand that, like, whether or not you personally feel that like gay is a pejorative or not, language is too large for you to make the assumption that everyone should assume that you specifically aren't using gay as a pejorative because you have something against homosexuals, but that you're just using gay as a pejorative because isn't that what the word means anyway? Yeah, I mean, I think what I, what I was pulling out of your article, and the main point is, um, in any word, in any situation, any phrase, there's a chance you're going to offend somebody. Just because you don't find it offensive doesn't make it offensive. If whatever you say offends somebody, it was an offensive comment to someone. So just telling them that they are dumb um, for feeling wrong about something you said isn't a valid argument. If you hurt somebody's feelings, you don't hurt their feelings and say, well, how the hell are your feelings hurt? You're just stupid. Like, you should be exactly like me and not take this in effect. Well, I find the uh, to be offensive, so I, I don't want people to use that word at all in any sentences ever. Wait, what I mean, word? T-H-E, the. <sighs> See, like, yeah. all right, I understand that, Louis, you're trying <laughs> to keep it, like, lighthearted, but this was a problem I had when I was discussing this the first time around on Twitter, is that what we have a, what we have a problem with in our society, and it's kind of why Bush made a statement that, like, all Americans do is just stick their head in the ground and ignore problems uh, or censors them, is that, like, we try to chuckle things off or we try to, like, make light of things. The, 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 it's not so much that I think that you shouldn't be allowed to say, because, like, what's going to happen is you're going to say that and someone's going to think that, like, I, I'm censoring you. Like, I'm not censoring anybody. I Like, some like this first thing Nick uh, took away from my argument that I think that... uh people shouldn't, that, like, people, I should hold, like, 13-year-olds accountable for not knowing that gay can be a pejorative. Um, and, like, I don't, I don't think it's, like, to that extreme, like, pretty much if, like, I, I think someone, I don't know who was saying it, but it's, like, if, if you, you can say it around your friends, but you shouldn't just try to say it around strangers because you don't know them well enough to know that that won't offend them. And honestly, I make jokes about it not because I don't care or anything, or, like, I I will hurt people's feelings and not be sorry for it. I don't, like, I make jokes because if you take life too seriously, you'll never make it out alive. Yeah, no, and I get that. It's just that, like, I'm I'm a little tired, and it has nothing to do with you, of people sidetracking this topic by trying to, like, make a joke out of it, or, like, by just saying, like, oh, this has been dragged on too much. Like, it hasn't been. Like, until Jeebus made his statement, it wasn't, like, no one talked about it on Twitter. And after everybody had their fill, no one talked about it again without coming up with a solution. Yeah, I think the funny thing is the the more offensive parts, uh, I've seen this happen a number of times now on Twitter where somebody will say, oh, that's fucking gay, and then somebody will, in all honesty, overreact to that um, and just jump on the guy's back. And then that person will come back with an argument that's completely absurd, and then it snowballs from there. 
um, where it's, if you're going to say something gay and somebody's going to jump on your back about it, there's two responses you should have to this. I'm sorry for nothing. Because anything beyond that is going to create large amounts of fight and won't get anywhere. Uh, both Jeebus and everybody I've seen who have done the thing where they say it's fucking gay have done it on websites with disclaimers about language. They didn't do it in a shop in front of children. But their retort to people attacking them has been the thing that's been creating the audience. Oh, and by the way, uh, for anyone who thinks I was trying, I'm trying, I'm trying to speak about censorship, uh, Louis, were you the person that took down the, uh, the comment? Uh, what comment? The, the, the one that kind of just directly bashes me. No. Who took it down then? I think it might have just been like auto filtered by WordPress. Yeah, was because. Like all language in it. Yeah, uh, one of the comments got auto filtered <laughs> out by WordPress, I guess. I guess I, I guess I was wrong. I assume that you, Sean? Uh, yeah, our site, since it's uh, listed as an all ages site, will auto filter out any comments with swear words in them. Um, it doesn't, does it have a swear word? No. Oh, it. No, I guess this. I don't know why we, it got filtered we, out. We were we got listed as an as an all age site, um, so that other people could link to us. I think it was Urtai's Lament that couldn't first, and we weren't showing up. Um, so if the filter for whatever reason finds the content to be offensive in a comment line, it won't. And I know it's weird because we we're obviously swearing on this cast for anybody listening, but that's why all <laughs> we are pretty clean. Uh, it's, yeah, our, our site's pretty clean. Yeah. Uh, but the site filtered out his comment, and as much of a tool and an ass he was in the comment to pretty much me directly, uh, I put it back up. So I don't want anyone, like, I might be harping, I might be, uh, like, harping on this no censorship thing, but, like, everyone seems to think that because I'm saying that, hey, this isn't something cool to say, is that I'm down for censoring. That's my light. I'm not going to reread this comment because I don't want to give the person any more time of day. If you want to read my article and find this comment, it's pretty obvious which one it is. It's the only negative comment on the entire on the entire feed. And you can find my article on Red Side Wins, or you can just type in Path to Casual on Google, and you'll find it. I, I, can, way it works. I can definitely see why WordPress would automatically block this one. Holy cow. Uh, I want you to know how on tilt that comment put me on, speaking of this being a, a quasi-tilt cast. Because I was dealing with a lot of other stuff that week, I was thinking about not doing Sarah's Angels. I was thinking about not doing the podcast. Like, I was just so pissed off about it that, like, I just didn't want to deal with, like, the internet anymore. Because, like, I've been out for five years. Like, I've dealt with assholes before. But, like, I've never had people directly, directly insult me on the internet before for something that had nothing to do with me being who I am. Like, so that, it was just, a, it just caught me really, really off guard. I should send you a link of the, uh, that Jay Bush put up on Twitter today about, with like, it's four minutes of a guy going crazy on, like, Call of Duty or something. And it'll, it'll cheer you up and realize, like, people over the internet are trolls. Oh no, my favorite is the, uh, glass wall thing. Have you ever seen that video? The guys who put up an invisible wall around, like, some 13-year-old and Gary's mod? 
instead of the kid just, like, getting out, like, just, like, logging out of the server, he proceeds to, like, to, like, curse out the guys for a good ten minutes, claiming that his brother works for the, works for, uh, Valve or whatever, and that they're gonna get banned, and yada yada yada, and he just curses for, like, 15 minutes, and it's one of the greatest videos on YouTube ever. Yeah. It's something to watch after we're done. Alright, I'll put it, we'll put it up in the show notes for you guys to, to watch this video if you ever feel like you're, you're tired of trolls. Uh, Red Site, Redcast wins, we stand against trolling. Uh, so I think that's pretty much, I mean, the, there's no real happy, I don't think that there's anything really else we want to talk about this week. Uh, we could talk about the donation to get me to Montreal. Yeah, but I thought you were going to just do that in your shoutouts. Well, I mean, we've just had a, like, I, the shoutouts, like, I haven't been able to shout out a lot more people, because it's kind of a little bit stagnating. Alright, go, go ahead. But, go ahead, Liz. Like, um, someone also brought up to me that people don't have PayPal, as weird as it is. Like, I'm, I'm, I didn't even th- think about that. So I don't know if there's an alternate means for people to donate. Can't you use, what did, what did, uh, did Bush use, uh, PayPal? Yeah, he used, he used PayPal, but he's, like, super awesome and on the A-team and stuff, and I'm not, so. Well, what about that other site? What was it, uh, Kickstarter or whatever? They don't let you do fundraisers. You have to actually have, like, a project or something. It's really annoying. But if someone, like, knows of a way to, like, do a fundraiser so that people that PayPal, without PayPal, can, can be involved, let me know. We've gotten a few extra prizes. Like, now there's, uh, the Grand Prix foil Umazawa's GTAs in there. Is that from, uh, Charlotte? No, no, no. This is just like a foil almost always GTA. Um, the, uh, there's the Pyroblast, Moxie MTG for, on Twitter. She's going to do altars on Pyroblast. Uh, we still have like a bunch more prizes, a Tropical Island, a Tezzeret, Ancient Obolus, a foil um, altar. But it's just, you know, like ev- every donation counts, like any... Like any dollar earns you a ticket to, to in the raffle for any of these prizes, and this, like, I'm really there's a big time like frame before GP Montreal, so it's just the sooner I I can get the money, is it's easier for me to catch a deal like on Air Canada. I think like um, three weeks ago, it turned out they had like a thirty percent off on their flights, but I just don't have the money to. To actually pay for the flight at that point. And I mean, guys, uh, it's not like Lewis is being a lazy guy and is trying to just, like, you know, get a free ride. He doesn't have the ability to make the trek on his own. So it's not like this, this is just some guy being like, oh, I'm poor and I really want people to pay for me. No, like, he has no means of actually getting to there by his own means. Yeah, like it it really kind of seems like just I right now we even just went through a thing where my wife wasn't allowed to change her marital status for her taxes because I'm not a Canadian citizen, so it's like it's just pain in the butt. You, you know who doesn't have to deal with this? American citizens. Why don't you come on and move back, bro? Well, <laughs> <laughs> then she might have that issue. It's actually a lot harder to get into America than it is. <laughs> 
But uh, except yeah, guys, you can yeah. work um, unless you're Cuban. Over here. Unless you're Cuban. Like if you're Cuban, then you just like land on the beach and you're set, like for life. Yeah. So guys, don't forget that there's also the uh, there's also the Tesseract Agent of Bolus, the playset of F and M Squadron Hawks. Uh, there's the uh, Carla Otis. Uh, on Twitter is giving a alters of uh, Urza lands so that there's going to be an Urza's power plant mine and tower to me to look like Tron so you know like so instead of it just being Urza Tron and being like ha 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 it's actually going to be kind of badass looking and I know there are some EDH players that definitely play Urza Tron in their deck right Sean? No, those lands are terrible in EDH you only got oh. one of each. <laughs> All right, so I misspoke. Whatever. Okay, I do that a lot. Uh, there, of there are there are people that do it. Uh, I guess if you play Karn, or if you play Primeval Titan and don't play Black, I suppose are okay. People played it in Modern. Yeah. Yeah. So there you, you know, go. That's something. But um, alters are just cool in general, guys. Uh, we're trying to secure more prizes, but like you really shouldn't be doing this because there's awesome prizes. You should really be doing this to help out. You know, a fellow Magic player. And honestly, like, if, if in the all likelihood, because I actually didn't even expect the first $10 or anything like that, but if if I can't get the flight, I'll, I'll just refund everybody's money. Because it's, like, if I can't go, then, I, like, it's not fair that I get to keep the money or anything. I would just return it to everybody. All right. So with that said... Come on, guys. Find it in your hearts to give at least $5. Uh, to everyone who has been donating to Lewis, uh, I can't speak for everyone as part of Red Side Wins, but I greatly appreciate it. Uh, it'd be really cool to hang out with, uh, with some with Red Side Wins people at uh, GP Montreal. Uh, and by the way, I've confirmed it. I'm going to Worlds to, to do some coverage. So, uh, Sean, I'll be seeing you at Worlds in December. Awesome. Uh, so, I'll talk to you about that later, but, uh, come on, guys, help Lewis get to Montreal. He's a Canadian. He needs to play at Canadian GPs. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm bringing good magic to Canada. Like, help me out. Alright, so, we'll do shout-outs. Uh, we'll start with Sean, and we'll work towards me, so Sean, Lewis, me. Alright, uh, go ahead and give the shout-out first to my fiance Brenna. Uh, she is amazing, and she deals with me. So, shout-out there. I'd like to give a shout-out to CommanderCast for linking us on their weekly updates um, until future notice. Uh, awesome shout-out to Andy over there. Uh, another shout-out to Scrubland for now mentioning us multiple times and just being an overall good podcast. If you like competitive magic, you should give them a give them a look. And uh, then a shout-out to Muse Vessel for also linking us in several of the, the Twitter Final Friday channels. Alright. Um, I'd like to give a shout out to my my wife, who's awesome and is actually like played a little bit of Duels of the Planeswalkers and stuff, and, <laughs> and is you could probably hear her laughing in the background. But she's awesome, and you know she's supporting at least. Hi, Lewis's wife. I have a headset on. She can't actually hear you. And don't <laughs> scream, because just sc- screaming does not make it easier for somebody else to hear. <laughs> this isn't like, like people yelling like, oh, they're deaf. Well, just talk really loud. Um, I'll 
got to give Sean a shout-out for the Jorkadine deck, because it's awesome when <laughs> two Esper-colored EDH decks have to team up to beat you. Uh, and I think I just got to give Wizards a shout-out for having the gonads to to ban Jason Stoneforge. Damn it, there went one of my shout-outs. <laughs> well. Um... So, shout-outs to my girlfriend, uh, who, you know, stole me away from Magic on Saturday, and instead of going to a Legacy event that I, pro- I found out I probably could have won because there was no combo hate there, uh, I celebrated her birthday with her and had to deal with her parents, who were crazy. And not in, like, the, I'm her significant other, so I assume they're crazy. No, I, I think they literally are certifiably insane. Um... Uh, also, I would like to, uh, give a shout-out to, uh, who else is there? Uh, I'd like to give a shout-out to Urtai's Lament for being a awesome friend. Uh, he, you know, was pretty cool about, like, he gave me a lot of positive feedback about my article and what I should do for future articles, so that was really helpful. Uh, all of the Sarah's Angels, uh, because recording with you girls is a lot of fun, and it's fun in a different way than recording with Lewis and Sean. Like, it's cool to have two really awesome podcast teams. Uh, and they want you guys on an episode of Sarah's Angels, which I told them that uh, there's no way I can combine both casts, because that would be, like, an eight-person cast. We could maybe do, like, a mix. Like, one comes <laughs> over, yeah. and one of us goes over, then one of them comes over kind of thing or something. Yeah, we're, we're, we're working on it, because uh, the first... The, uh, Shout-out to Medina... For uh, <laughs> Medina's just like really pimping himself himself across the magic universe. He's gonna be our first male guest on uh on uh Sarah's Angels, and he's been giving us a bunch of shout outs and stuff. So uh, we gotta give him a shout out back. Man, I and, need uh, him to be one of the prizes for for the raffle. Like if he w- if it was like an hour trading session with Medina, I'm sure like I'd get like enough to to get to Montreal and get Sean to Montreal, and then probably fund a cure for diabetes, because... <laughs> <laughs> and that's just what the what Medina will take away from that trading session. Yeah. <laughs> um, what else is there? Uh, thanks to all the podcasters out there, because uh, you guys rock. Uh, thanks, uh, KYT, for being KYT and just being amazing. Uh, is there anyone else? Anyone else? Uh... Thanks, Skype, for not failing for a change. Appreciate that. I, I have to. I do have a reverse shout out this time. Stu, whoever the Russian hacker is that put some malware on my computer and made me have to restart <laughs> it and install Windows like four times or whatever. I hate you. Oh yeah, I guess there's a reverse shout out. Uh, reverse shout out to uh. The uh, scrubs at my store for making magic less fun because most of us good players have decided that it's le- it, that we're good players aren't making the top four anymore because they're because their uh, tiebreakers are so awful. Uh, and uh, that's it. Uh, anybody got anything else? Like any last minute reverse shoutouts, real shoutouts, anything? I gotta give a shoutout to Squadron Hawks and Legacy because they're my ancestral recall. <laughs> I want to make a reverse shout out to Lewis for doing that right there. <laughs> uh, 
Oh, thank you, Wizard, so we don't have to hear about Squadronauts and Standard. Thank you so oh, much. Sean, do you want to plug your massive exodus of cards, or are just going to do it at your local store? I'm probably just going to do it at the local store. All right, never mind then. Uh, so, to everyone else out there, enjoy playing some Magic. Enjoy a, a new day of no Jason, Stone Force Mystic, and Standard, even though that was going to happen in three months anyway. And, uh, as always, keep it casual. <laughs>